This is Terry. This is Terry Graham is our children's pastor, and uh, we asked her to speak today. We're excited about what she has to say. And so would you just put your hands out? We're going to pray for Terry right now before she speaks. So, Father, bless Terry today, joy and peace as she speaks, and let all her words from you penetrate to everybody's hearts today in this family room. Thank you, Father. Okay. Thank you. Okay, I'm trying to decide if I want this or if I want to pull one of these down. <laughs> I think I want something a little taller. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah. Yes, I do. I'm sorry. I just want something tall. Thank you. Perfect. Yay. Good morning, everyone. How's everybody doing this morning? Hey, if you're um, visiting for the first time, can you just, like, give me a little thumbs up or wave? Do we have anybody? Yes, Harold. Good morning. Anybody else? Yay. Welcome. We're so glad you guys are here. Um, just real quick, just for those of you who don't know me, I um, get some of my stuff out here. Can you tell them the children's pastor? I always got to have my little bag of goodies. Um, but I was born and raised in the South, um, a good Southern girl, Memphis, Tennessee, la, that's what I would tell people. I'm from Terry, and I would say Harper, which I was Hartman, and I would say from Memphis, Tennessee, la. Um, <clears throat> and uh, Sam, where's Sam? Sam, 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 where'd you go? Where did, oh, Sam's outside. Just really appreciated what Sam was saying about kind of taking responsibility for his past and allowing God to just come in and begin to just transform his life. And, um, you know, my testimony is like, I was just a good girl. I was a good girl. I was a good church girl. But I'm telling you, sometimes getting free of religion is just as tough as getting free of other stuff. So I don't have some crazy testimony, but I do have a testimony of the faithfulness of God. So, um, and he has like been so faithful as I prepared for this message. Like he has literally just kind of given me things. And I just kind of had to put it together in kind of some format. And um, it's just been really fun to kind of be on this adventure with him. Um, the building block that I was given is we are a multi-generational family. But the very first thing that God began speaking to me about was um, legacy. And I just brought some of the things because I have to just show you how fun God is. Um, can I have three kids real quick? Quick, quick, quick. Run up here real fast. Three of my kids, super fast, super fast. Good. Thank you, buddy. Two more. Two more real quick. Can y'all hold these? Hi, Liam. Okay. That's okay. Y'all can still stand up here because that's okay. Stand up here. Can y'all hold those? Can y'all hold? Oh, you know what? I've actually got about five things so that you can hold. Okay. Everybody hold one. Pass these out real quick. Okay. So like just when I'm just doing normal things in my house, God, like, just showed me different things. And the one thing, the very first thing that he showed me, I don't even know where it is. I was in a box unpacking, and there was a spiral notebook that I had jotted some notes when I'd been somewhere down. And this quote was, like, just, and it's kind of started me on this whole journey. And I'm going to share the quote now, and then we're going to actually break it apart later. And it was just, I don't even remember who it was, who I heard, where he was speaking, 
but this is the quote. Sons and daughters pursue destiny. Mothers and fathers pursue inheritance. Patriarchs and matriarchs pursue legacy. And that tweaked me. Patriarchs, matriarchs, legacy. I was like, whoa, I can kind of get the others, but what are you saying? And so God just started confirming the legacy thing. So I'm like cleaning up. We came from Waco, Texas. We have this cool magazine that you could get every month called the Wacoan. I thought I'd gotten rid of all of them. I pick it up. What does it say? Can you read these two words? Lasting legacies. Lasting legacies. Lasting legacies, right there. And then... I just had books kind of all over the house because I was trying to figure out, like, where to put them all. And this one had just been sitting on my stairs. It's Perry Stone, Breaking the Jewish Code, 12 Secrets That Will Transform Your Life, Family, Health, and Finances. And I was like, I know. It's going to be in that book. I know it. And so open up chapter 12. Can you read that, babe, in part? In part before you depart. Now read this. Code 12. Blessings are general generational, leave a heritage, and pass on legacy. Okay, and then another book that I love, Steve Backlund, Declarations, Unlocking Your Future. Okay, I'm going to tell you. Title of this one. You say leaving a legacy. Leaving a legacy. And enduring. And enduring. Inheritance. Inheritance. There you go. Legacy again and inheritance. Thank you guys. Can you lay those three books down and I'm going to talk about this real quick. One of the things, an inheritance that my parents left me. Thank you guys. Um, The love for the word. I grew up in evangelical home, very word oriented. I went to Christian school, Christian college, Bible college. I did BMA, Bible Memory Association, and I love the Word of God. And I am so thankful for my parents and that inheritance that they have passed on to me. When my dad sends a birthday card or a letter, it sounds like the Apostle Paul wrote it. I am not kidding you. And I was so upset that I couldn't find one because it was just so, I know I have them, and I've just got to get them in a really good, safe place. But I was like, Jesus, thank you. And, you know, my parents haven't been able to follow us on our journey into you know, Holy Spirit and the gifts and all that. But man, I would not trade the inheritance that my parents had given me, the love for the word. And something else um, that my mom did, because we're going to talk about inheritance a little bit. Um, Thank you guys. You know what? I'm going to have all the other kids come up in a minute. So if y'all can sit here real quietly, you can just wait. How's that? Um, My mom, she's kind of like me. She loves mysteries. And so she just started researching our family history because she wanted to leave the testimony of the faithfulness of God. So she found stories of just believers through our family lines. And this, she wrote, it's called Their Walk with God, A Spiritual History of the Family of James Lewis Hartman and Glenda Faye Condry by Glenda Hartman. And this is just my mom's side. She's done one for my dad's side too. And it's got everybody that's current believers that we know their testimony or things she's been able to dig up about family members that planted churches in North Carolina, those kind of things are in here. And then the cool thing is, is I really realized I have a destiny, like there's clues in here that God's highlighted, I think, that actually have to do with the ultimate destiny and call on my life. So this has like just been such a rich thing that my mom has done for me, and it might be, some of you might get inspired to do something similar to leave to your families. 
So, um, so back to our stone, we are a multi-generational family. But we can be a multi-generational family if God was not a generational God. He is a generational God, and his name, one of his names, is a generational name. Exodus, and we're going to have a lot of the word, because I love the word. So, oh, you know what? In fact, where's Eddie? Eddie, Eddie, did you have your shofar? Okay, I felt this during worship. I'm just going to have Eddie blow the shofar, because it would gather the people, and, you know, there's scriptures that say the people stood all day long to listen to the word. They stood all day long with their children. And so I just, and I feel like there's also just a, just, just a, something that happens in the spirit when the shofar is blown to just even bring our hearts into alignment. Because there's things that I'm going to say today, like your head might not get it. It just might go right past you. But I'm telling you, your spirit's going to get some stuff today. And seeds are going in, and God's going to grow those things. So, Eddie, do you mind just however you feel led? And let's just posture our heart just to just receive. Yeah. Thank you. Sky, we just thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you that you care about the generations, that you are a generational God, that, yeah, you have so many good plans that you're accomplishing through the generations that have been on the earth, our generation that's here now, and the generations to come. So, Holy Spirit, we just welcome you. We just thank you for what you're doing in every heart today. We just declare every heart is good soil. Yeah, we love you. Welcome. So, Exodus 3:15. God also said to Moses, Say to the Israelites, The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my name forever. The name by which I am to be remembered from generation to generation. I was like, wow, it's a generational name. And the, this title, this name of God, reminded Israel of God's longstanding promises to them and his covenant with them, the covenant that he'd made with Abraham. And I'm not going to use that word a lot, but covenant, there's something about covenant that's tied through all of this today. There are multiple covenants in the Bible. We're in a covenant of grace right now. But I fully believe that God comes and makes individual covenants with us as well. So that's just something to just kind of press into in your time with him. And God thinks generationally. So I'm going to have the rest of the kids that are in the service. Come on up. Are there a few more? Wow, where are all my babies today? Lord, sometimes we will have almost 25 or 30 kids between first through sixth grades. But you know what? I am super, super happy and excited about all the ones that are here. Okay, so I'm going to let you guys do something. I'm going to read some scriptures, and there's a phrase of five words, okay? 
Yay, there's more of you than I thought were here. Awesome. There's a phrase of five words. Are y'all listening? Okay, and I'm going to read a verse, and it's going to be repeated. And when you think you've got those five words, you think you know what that phrase is, then I want you to stand up, okay? All right, and the adults are going to be listening too. Okay. Genesis 17, 17. I mean, 17, 7. I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and your descendants after you for the generations to come, to be your God and the God of your descendants after you. Exodus 12, 17. Celebrate the festival of unleavened bread because it was on this day that I brought your divisions out of Egypt. Celebrate this day as a lasting ordinance for the generations to come. Exodus 38, he must burn incense again when he lights the lamps at twilight. So incense will burn regularly before the Lord for the generations to come. Exodus 30, 31, say to the Israelites, this is to be my sacred anointing oil for the generations to come. Is anybody getting it? The phrase, if, you, if you're getting the same phrase, you keep hearing me saying the same thing over and over again. Stand up. Okay, Exodus 31, 13, say to the Israelites, you must observe my Sabbaths. This will be a sign between me and you for the generations to come. So you may know that I am the Lord who is holy. Who got it? Who got it? What's the phrase? For the... the next word. For the what? Amen. For the generations to come. And this, these are just a few samples. I think there's like 36 scriptures in this one section where God keeps saying, do this, do this, do this for the generations to come. Because he's thinking generationally. And if we're going to be like God, we got to think generationally. So, um, Steve Backlund, I want you all to stay up here because we're going to do something else with you all. Uh, in the book that I had shared about Steve Backlund, he has a quote, and he says, Scripture reveals that God develops his long-term plans through multiple generations. Long-term thinkers are the most healthy emotionally because they see the bigger picture of what is happening. And um, so we're going to talk about, this is so cool because God gave me scriptures for different generations, and they all have to do with sight and perception. So God not only is a generational God, he thinks generationally, but he has a generational perspective. Who wants to put these on for me? Okay, put those on. Okay, so we got to put on our God glasses, and we need to see the way that God sees. Okay, so... First, we're going to talk about the children, and I am the children's pastor. So uh, this is the scripture that God gave me for the children, and it's really interesting because he gave this scripture to me when I was really praying about, should I step into this role as the children's pastor? And this is the scripture he gave me, and I'd never seen it before, and it has just really, like, impacted me. So it comes from Isaiah 29, 22 through 24. Therefore, this is what the Lord who redeemed Abraham says to the house of Jacob. Now, obviously, he's talking to Israel, but I think there's powerful application for us. No longer will Jacob be ashamed. No longer will their faces grow pale. When they see among them their children, the work of my hands, they will. And what's going to happen when they see the children? They will keep my name holy. They will acknowledge the holiness of the Holy One of Israel. Those wayward in spirit will gain understanding. Those who complain will accept instruction. 
when we see the children, we see God, and we are changed. And the really amazing thing, thank you, Jen. She posted this word yesterday from Lana Vosser, and I was like, God, this is such confirmation of this scripture. And this is what, this is just a little snippet of her word. It was a really long word, but she got down into what God's going to be doing to the children. And she said, with joy in his heart, God, she said, I heard him whisper to the adults, pay attention to the children, for they are going to teach you a lot more about me and my word and prophecy, my way and strategy to you for 2020 and beyond. The children, with their childlike faith and trust in me, will release impartation to the adults and teach those who have been walking with me for years much. Going into 2020 and beyond, so make sure you are watching and listening to the children. And I felt it was such confirmation of his word. When you see the children, you're going to see me in a way you've never seen me. You're going to accept instruction, it says. So, hallelujah. So just take a look. Guys, let them all stand up. And I just want them to just look at you just a minute. And did y'all understand that? Like, did y'all understand that? Like, there are things that God is going to teach us through you. Because you are so pure and innocent. You have such a childlike faith that sometimes when we grow up as adults, we kind of lose. So I bless every one of you. And you know what? We're going to have a ministry time today with an amazing team of people that are going to be here to pray for people. But, and if you want to come and join some of the adults and pray for people at the end, I would love for you to do that, okay? All right, y'all go sit down. Love y'all. Thank you, baby. Okay. So now, and, and well, not unfortunately, we bless what's going on in iGen right now. They've got to ask any question they want, and we just pray real wisdom and insight for the leaders who are trying to answer all those questions. So, but I want to address the youth. So if there are any from sixth grade on up, and I, let's just go up to about age 30. And if you want, you're in 40s and you want to be like, I'm young, I want this too. Um, this is the scripture that God gave me for our youth. And again, every scripture has something to do with how we see or perceive. So 1 Timothy 4.12 do not let anyone look down on you because you are young. But set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. And I believe that when we see our youth the way that God does, that they are empowered to lead. And, you know, I can remember listening. I'm not going to say what the ministry was, but I would listen to it. And it was a family ministry, and he would say stuff like, oh, teenagers, you know, don't you wish you could just, like, stick them in a barrel and put a hole in it and then let them back out when they're 20-something years old? And I would hear that, and I'd be like, what in the world? I don't like that at all. I'm like, do not be saying that. Your words are powerful. Hello. So I'm just telling you, you guys are amazing. You are amazing, and we need you. The Bible says you can lead us just like the children and the youth can lead. So what I, want, what I want to do is, again, if you're, you know, seventh grade on up, and you can just decide because we're going to jump to senior adults next. So you can double dip if you want to if you're in the middle. You know, 40s, hey, I'm still young. 50s, I'm still young, but I'm also more mature. So anyway, I want you to stand up, okay? Anybody that wants to get in on the young category, stand up. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on, come on. Okay, here we go. All right, and this is, this is um, 
the passage that I felt like. It's so cool. Like, when I was preparing for this, God was like, just spend time with me. Spend time with me. And I'd just be reading the word, and then he would highlight, oh, this is what I want you to share about this. So this is the scripture that he gave me to kind of charge our youth with. I love it, Susie. I love it. Oh. Uh, so Philippians 2, 12 through 16, this is from the Passion Translation, says, you must continue to make this new life fully manifested as you live in the holy awe of God, which brings you trembling into his presence. God will continually revitalize you, implanting within you the passion to do what pleases him. Live a cheerful life without complaining or division among yourselves, for then you will be seen as innocent, faultless, and pure children of God even though you live in the midst of a brutal and perverse culture. For you will appear as shining lights in the universe, offering them the words of eternal life. So I bless you guys with that. Thank you all so much. You can have a seat. Okay. <clears throat> now our senior adults. Woo, Jesus. Huh. Bert's grandma that I never had the opportunity to meet, her name was Hilly May. And, um, oh, you guys are already ready. Y'all are standing already. Woohoo! Okay. <laughs> uh, Y'all can sit if you want to, or you can just stand the whole time, because we'll have you stand back up in a minute. We're going to do something really special. But, yeah. This is her favorite verse. And I really realized, I'm so sorry. Y'all are, I'm, like, having, like, a Paul thorn in the flesh today, and it is, like, right here. <laughs> Junk in my throat. So y'all can pray for me. I'm like, ugh. Um, I realized as I was really looking at this scripture how it was his grandmother's favorite verse, but how, how it is really passed down to our family, how we've actually kind of seen the fruit of that and God working that out. Could somebody open that top for me? Thank you. Um, and this is the scripture, Psalm 37, 25 through 26. Thank you, Andrea. Thank you, baby. I was young, and now I'm old. Yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging bread. They are generous and they lend freely. Their children will be blessed. And so seniors that have lived with God for a long time, they've seen God's faithfulness. They've seen him and they think generationally. They think about their kids and what they're leaving for their kids. And again, as we're talking about this, we're talking blood family line. We're talking God family line. Okay, we have two family lines. And I really have seen this play out for us because we have, oh, I had some more. Oh, cold water. He knows I like cold water. Thank you. <laughs> we got in a thing the other night. I'm like, I like ice, but I want cold water poured over my ice, please. <laughs> I like it really cold. Um, <clears throat> so, um, yeah, just to share, I just felt to release just some testimonies in this whole area. Because um, it really has been an inheritance from his grandmother and her favorite scripture really just coming to life in our life. And it's been an inheritance passed on to our kids. The numerous, multiple times that we have seen God provide. And it has really solidified us in that so that we, we don't have to be afraid to give. We can give generously knowing that God's going to always take care of us. So we've had stories of going out on the front porch and it'd be an envelope of $300. We didn't know where it came from. Or Walmart gift card on our windshield in the, on the car. I was going to a ladies' Bible study. I had a little Bible bag, got home. There's $40 in it. 
And I mean, met one couple to life group the very first night we went, shared that we were like about to have our electricity turned off. I think we're a couple months behind. Um, and they came over the next day. They just met us once and brought us a check for over $400, like a young married couple. And then I had shared, a lot of you already heard our, like our pinnacle testimony, which is amazing. Um, and there's a lot of detail to it and a lot of background, but basically we were at church one day and we had 20 bucks to our name and we left church with a $15,000 check. So, yeah. So that's like, and so we have just seen God take care of us. We know that he's never going to forsake us. Our children will never be begging bread. And so we are able to just give freely out of that place of faith, of his faithfulness. So what I want to do for our senior adult blessing, um, I'm going to invite Emma, our daughter, up. This is Emma, our oldest, and our only girl. It makes me really happy that she's here today because she normally is, um, is a part of the Overflow Church. But um, one thing that I believe she's actually received as an inheritance from her dad is a love for seniors. Because when she was young and Grace in our middle was young and Samuel might have just kind of been a baby, we had a nursing home ministry. And we would take the kids in and we would love on people. We would sing the hymns with them. We would pray for them, just hear their stories. And it just really marked her with a love. And so I'm going to ask our seniors, if you are a senior, consider yourself a senior adult. Um, I would say for sure 60 and up. Just don't miss out on the blessing. And if you're 55 and want it, whatever, I'm going to have y'all stand and Emma's going to bless you. And um, earlier when I was praying for what I felt like Papa wanted to do today, um, I really felt like there was honor due to you guys. Um, I'm sorry if I'm very emotional. I just feel his heart for you. Um, so if you're younger, quote unquote, if you want to like gather around and just lay a hand on them, um, we just really want to bless you guys today. Um, and so Papa, I just thank you. is really important that we honor them. Um, and so raise your, when someone comes to you, uh, go ahead and raise your hand. And when somebody comes to you, put your hands down. We want to make sure everybody has somebody at least laying hands on you. Okay. Everybody, everybody got somebody. Dennis, you got somebody. Everybody. Okay. You guys are y'all got, y'all have somebody. Okay. Yeah. And Emma mentioned the word honor. And that was something that I wanted to share. The definition of honor that's really just marked me is Honor is when we celebrate who someone is without stumbling over who they're not. So, I'm going to say it again. Honor is when we celebrate who someone is without stumbling over who they're not. Because we're all in process. We are all on a journey to become more and more like Jesus. So, okay. So, I just thank you, Papa God, for um, these amazing men and women of faith. God, I just thank you so much for the legacy that they carry. I thank you for their love for the word and their love for the holiness of God. God, we need your holiness, and we need what you carry. And I, as a millennial, I say we need you. You are not in the background. You are needed. You are needed for the next great move of God. And we just bless you. We bless your foundation. And I just thank you, as a millennial, that you have laid a foundation for me to stand confidently in. You have laid a foundation so that I can step higher, and I honor that. And I just say that you are seen and known by the Father and that many of you still have great adventures ahead of you. And I just break off anything, whoa, any sickness, any 
apathy, any depression that would say, oh, your time is up. I thank you, Father, that you say that that is not the end, that there's a great, great destiny on each of your lives. And I just bless you each from the bottom of my heart. Thank you. Thank you, baby. I love you. Amen. 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 Thank you guys for gathering around. Yeah. Um, Holy Spirit, I knew he was going to remind me of stuff that I like, didn't have in my notes. And he reminded me as Emma was releasing that blessing of something that I'd heard Lance Wallnow say. He said that a lot, m- most people don't reach convergence in their life. Like we're all, you know, you, do a, you can do a lot of stuff before this. But like this convergence of really coming into like who you are, like what God has for you probably until your 50s. So, and then from there, like you're really sailing into what? God has for you, even though you've done a lot of stuff, and a lot of it's preparatory, and, but I just thought that was super encouraging when he said that, to just, man, you know, the, the Bible says your latter days be greater than your former days. That's what the Word says. So, um, so we are a multi-generational church. We love being a multi-generational church family, and we love the kids. We love the seniors. We love everybody in between. We need each other. Yeah. No one generation is going to do this without the other. You know, and if somebody, you've heard somebody say that, that is not true. That is not God. You know, he did it through Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and then the nation of Israel. That's how he operates. So, okay, I'm going to go back to my quote at the beginning, and then we're going to kind of flesh this out. Sons and daughters pursue destiny. Mothers and fathers pursue inheritance. Patriarchs, matriarchs pursue legacy. So I want to talk just a little bit about destiny. I never heard any of this kind of teaching until I got in the whole spirit-filled arena. And then it's destiny. You have a destiny. I mean, I knew God has good works prepared for you to do, you know, but not this, woo, God has something amazing. Um, and, And in my quest for that, God would have to, like, pull me back and say, hey, baby girl, let me tell you, I'm your ultimate destiny. I am your ultimate destiny. Being conformed to my image, your character, how well you love, that's what matters. So, and, um, and I remember in that time, I um, heard really a quote that really was just life-changing for me because I was just in such a process of God, like, really deconstructing me and then building me up again because things sometimes come on us and we think, you know, from other people's expectations or whatever, and he was, like, really just stripping me of everything, and I was in just this really process with him, and the quote was by Bill Johnson, and I may not say it exactly right, but it was the idea that some people think that they must do to become. He said, but we must become in order to do. So there is just such a thing with God of process, and if you don't believe that, then in heaven, you can ask Abraham and Sarah, you can ask Joseph, you can ask David about process, because they all went through a really long process to possess the promises and the inheritance that God had for them, and the destiny that he had for them. Um, And then I also heard this, this really stuck in me, I have no idea who said it, and it's really something to ponder when you're kind of frustrated with process, Um, and the quote was something like, some people will prepare their whole life and do more in one moment than others will do in a lifetime. So, and I was like, Lord, 
who's that? And I felt like he just said Esther, even though she was young. Like she did, you know, in a moment she saved a nation, you know. So um, anyway, so that's just something to ponder. And destiny, like it's, you really can't come into it on your own. Like you've got to have so many resources and people around you. And through your relationship with God, like part of coming, I mean, it's great. He wants you to know what your gifts are. He wants you to know, um, you know, what you're passionate about. But he also wants you to know how he's wired you. Like there, God has wired us in a certain way, all from his wiring. And it's something that he really, as a father, and he wants to bring other resources and other people in your life to really unpack that. Like that's what a good father, mother, they unpack who you are. And, um, and there's so many ways that he wants to do that in us, so many ways he wants to give us clues to that. Obviously, just through time with him, time in the word. Like God has given me scriptures that I know are mine. They are my inheritance words. And he wants to give you those. Like, and they're powerful. And I remember him giving me Micah 4 one time. And he was like, I want you to read that every day for like months. Months. And I still, I'm still like, uh, my spirit gets maybe this much of it. And my soul's like, what in the world? But I'm telling you, like, it's mine. It is mine. So um, anyway, and then for those of you who have the gift of praying in the spirit, it's powerful. It's just powerful. And I, and just this is a little aside. It's so fun. Uh, Bert and I just discovered that this week, just one day, he was, we were praying, and I just felt, I was just feeling this thing about him being my covering, you know, what it means for a man to be my covering. And I just was, like, struggling. I was really struggling. And I was like, would you lay your hands on my head, and would you pray in the spirit over me? And we've never done that before. And I'm telling you, he didn't have to pray very long. I heard God like so quick, so powerful, so accurate. And I was just like, oh my goodness. Wow. So yeah, that's just something new that God's like unpacked for us, how powerful it is for my husband to just pray, especially over my head. Because I can tend to get in my head a lot and tend to be in my soul and because I'm very I'm emotionally wired. And so it just really like just cut through all that and just was like Phew. So um, prophetic words, obviously, a great way for God to begin to unlock and I'll just share a story for Emma. Um, when she was younger, she was singing in a little play or something, and Bert and I, because we both sing, we're trying to help her a little bit, and we're like, ah, she can't sing that great. <laughs> you know, we're like, eh, no, 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 seriously. And then we went to church, and this young girl approached her and just said, you're anointed to sing. And when she said that, everything shifted and changed. Her voice changed, literally got strong, got powerful. And so, baby, you're anointed. <laughs> you're anointed to sing, and you're anointed. I'm just going to prophesy over my own daughter. You're anointed to see your songs recorded and released. Yeah. And um, I'm probably, we're probably, I didn't get this, but my husband and she both felt it. So at the end, um, we're going to have her release a song over us that she's written, and it's based on that great cloud of witnesses. You know, in Hebrews, it says, and it says really apart from us that they don't get to come into their perfection and fullness. So that's a generational thing, too. How God, a lot of them didn't get to step into the fullness of their promises, but through us and our partnership, even with them. And so they're in heaven going, yes, go for it. Because somehow in God's generational mind, they even still get something, even from the race that we're running. So, um, yeah, thank you, God. So I think... 
For me, God loved giving me clues from my childhood and my upbringing. Like he would be doing something to me, and he would take me back to something, and he'd be like, That's, that was prophetic. That when you were singing that song, listen to those words, that was prophetic. You know, or when you were doing this, or you were this part in this play, that was prophetic. That was me. You didn't even know about the prophetic, but I was showing you clues to who you were going to grow up, you know, who you're going to become in me. Um, I think understanding our gifts is important and our redemptive wiring. And I'm just going to lob something out there because it has, like, been life-changing for me. Um, there's a teaching on the re- what's called the redemptive gifts. And it has, it has helped us in our marriage, helped me understand my kids. And it's the way that God has wired us from Romans 12, seven gifts that are there. Um, anyway, so I'm just lobbing that out. If you want more information, you can see me later. Um, and then I said this earlier, God has to sometimes just really dismantle us. Because stuff just gets put on us that's not God. And he has to rebuild us. And God's going to do this through mentors, disciples, life coaches, and us taking responsibility for our junk, our stuff. Through, there's a myriad of ways that he wants to do that. Counseling. Um, there's so many ministries now for inner healing and freedom and deliverance. And um, I loved... When Sam was saying, I've been going for that, you know, because the freedom that we get is going to set others up coming behind us. You know, when we pursue our freedom, that's one of the most powerful things that we can do is I'm going to deal. And one of the, the big, 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 big places to start is forgiveness. Like that is a ministry God has given us is to forgive. And um, it doesn't mean that what people did was right. It's not saying it was okay. It's saying I choose to forgive because, Jesus, you have forgiven me everything. And this is how it impacted me. This is how it affected me. But I choose to forgive. I choose to release them from my judgments, and I choose to bless them. And something powerful happens in the spirit realm when we start on that journey and we do that. And it's something we have to continue to do, you know, because we're going to get bumped again and stuff's going to happen. But I also think that the more we grow in love, that we're not going to get bumped as much because it says love covers a multitude of sins and love keeps no record of wrongs. So, Jesus, bring us into more love, more love in the family. So, um, what I want to do right now is we're going to transition into moms, mamas and papas going after inheritance. But when you're really in that place of pursuing your destiny and God unpacking you and what is my purpose in the earth, it's really good to have a mom and a dad. And, um, And we want to release a mother and father blessing over anybody in the room that feels like you really, you haven't received that. Like, I want a blessing from a mom and a dad. And so I've asked Dennis and Susie Epshire to come up and do that. And um, I just want to honor them. Sorry, it's the only time I think I'm going to cry. Jesus, I love you guys. Um, When we moved here just a year ago, and Bert wasn't coming with us. It was just me and our younger one, Samuel. Emma was here but not living, going to live with us. Dennis and Susie at the time had a um, garage apartment, and they just welcomed us into that place. And I felt so loved and protected and provided for and safe. Like, I never, I told them if I'd been in, like, some just house in a neighbor, random neighborhood, I think I would have been scared at night. Like, I wouldn't have, but I felt safe. And so they provided that. It was Teddy, (laughs) their guard dog, their little guard dog, yeah. So what I want to do is if you want to receive, somebody did this for me. Even though I had like a strong, godly dad, I 
didn't, because the way my dad was wired and the expectations, I did not feel that I had had a father's blessing. So I'm just going to invite you to stand all over the room, and Dennis and Susie are going to release a father and mother blessing. And I'm telling you what, they released it over me and Bert the other day, and it's powerful. It's pow- and there is no shame in, like, that you haven't received that, because today you're going to receive that. So... Something occurred to me uh, while you're talking about generations. Uh, I was thinking, humanly speaking, yes, there are sons and daughters and parents and grandparents and great-grandparents, but it occurred to me God doesn't have any grandchildren or great-grandchildren. Everyone is a son or a daughter. Now, I don't know what you do with that, but I thought it occurred to me. So uh, this morning, Susie and I, we're going to kind of stand in as surrogate parents, and we have the privilege to speak blessings over each one of you this morning. So in the name of Jesus, we bless you for who you are and what God created you to be. You were created uniquely, and you carry within you a unique peace of the Father's heart. In the mind and heart of God, you are greatly valued for who you are, not for what you do or what you possess or what you accomplish. He loves you because you are a true son or daughter of his, and you hold a special place and purpose in his family. We bless you to fulfill every purpose and every dream that God places within you. We believe in you, and as you continue to abide in Christ, we proclaim that not one of your God-given purposes will fall to the ground unfulfilled. We are so thankful that each of you is a member of the family of God. God bless you. And this is a blessing given in the book of Numbers. Today, we declare it over you. May the Lord bless you and keep you, which is to say, may God consistently bring that which is good in your lives and may he protect you. It continues, may his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. And so, to each of you we declare, may God's goodness, his favor, his protection, and his peace be upon you all the days of your life. Shalom. Thank you guys so much. Okay, I'm always kind of not happy when service is running over and I got my kiddos back there, so I'm going to try to really (laughs) flow through this. Okay, Um, inheritance, moms and dads go after inheritance. Proverbs 13, 22, a good man, woman, father, mother, leaves an inheritance for their children's children. 
God's the best dad. He's left us an inheritance in Christ. We give our life to him. We have come into his family. He says that he's given us a glorious inheritance in the saints. We inherit salvation and ministering angels are sent to serve us. We have received an inheritance that can never perish, never spoil, never fade, but is kept in heaven for us. We are sealed with the promised Holy Spirit who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance. So God says that our spiritual inheritance through him can't perish, spoil, or fade. And if we think of natural inheritances, they can rust, they can burn, be lost, forgotten, wasted, squandered, or not valued. But by all means, leave an inheritance for your children. Leave those precious things to your family. They're going to bless them, remind them of you, give them memories, leave them whatever God empowers you to leave them, houses, lands, you know, jewelry, recipes, golf clubs, memories. You know, some people don't want to, like, leave all this money to their kids. They want to spend it on encounters and experiences and leaving these powerful, amazing memories of family time. Just let Holy Spirit lead you in that. But let's not neglect to leave a spiritual inheritance. So I want to invite Jen up. Because again, this was one of those things that God kept just feeding me. She posted on Instagram something that kind of came to her when she was looking at some family quilts that have been in your family for how many generations? Um, this one, my grandmother quilted with her grandmother, and this, I think, also. So I'm going to have her read for, me, for us what she wrote on Instagram. I'm glad that you did this because I'm like, I couldn't remember what I wrote. You know, that's, that's the Lord. Uh, Deuteronomy 29, 29. It's one of my favorite scriptures. The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things which are revealed and disclosed belong to us and to our children forever. And I just wrote that this verse always makes me think about inheritance and generations, that what we receive from the Lord is not just for us, but for our children. All the revelation, all the growth, all the freedom, all the soul care that we receive from the Lord has generational life attached to it. And I was talking about these quilts, that they have a story to tell. Thank you, Jen. Thank you. I love it. God just kept feeding me stuff. It's so good. It's so good. Like, um, yeah, the prophetic word she posted. So we need fathers and mothers who are going after inheritance. We need the fathers and mothers. And even the Apostle Paul, and I love this because I'd never seen this until my husband preached a while back, but even the Apostle Paul had a, had a mom that God had put in his life. And we see that in Romans 16, 13, where this is Paul speaking. He said, greet Rufus, which is hilarious. My brother had a cat named Rufus. So every time I see that name, I'm like, ha, ha, I see a cat. Uh, greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord, and his mother, who has become a mother to me too. So the great Apostle Paul, who was a father to so many, God put a, put a mama in his life. So what I want to do now is if you feel that God is calling you to be a mother or a father, meaning like a spiritual mother or father, I mean, obviously a lot of you are parents in the natural, but if you feel God like calling you to that, or I want you to stand because I'm going to, and really, honestly, like see my girl stand and like she's young, but you can father, I'm telling you, she's not in here right now. Mary Pedrick, bless her, bless her, bless her. She's back with our youngest babies, but she is a mama. She has some of these little girls following her around here like the Pied Piper. I mean, yeah, she's a mama, and she's not in the natural yet, but God, we say yes. Bring her husband, bring her children, yeah. So I'm going to release this prophetic word and blessing from a gal on, again, God brought this to me. Her name's Wanda. Do y'all know how to pronounce it? A-L-G-E-R. 
Alger, Alger, I'm not sure. But this is what she said. And when I saw this word, because she interchanged the word mother, father, patriarchs, matriarchs. And when I first read this, I'm like weeping before the Lord through the whole prophetic word. And this is just a snippet of it. So this is what God is saying. There is a rising group of men and women of God who've been hidden but have been prepared for a mission. They are being called by the Spirit of God to prepare a future generation of kingdom ambassadors who are getting ready to shift culture and transform the earth. Because of the call on their life, their journey has not been about them, but about those who are following them. So to you, rising fathers and mothers, the Lord is pleased to call you faithful, commended, and anointed with favor and increase. As he brings your sons and daughters of the flesh and of the spirit, he will provide everything needed to disciple and mentor them to maturity. As you are faithful in this charge, he will reward you with a posterity that outlives you and outlasts you. Your reward will be secure and heaven will see you as a history maker. You may be hidden to this realm, but you are already known, and we talked about this earlier, to a cloud of witnesses in heaven that is cheering you on. So we bless you, moms and dads. Thank you. Thank you for stepping into that place. We bless what God's doing in you. We're so thankful for you. We need you. We need you. We need you. Okay. You can have a seat. Okay, in our last little section that I just am like, God, I don't even know what you're saying here, but I'm going to give a stab at it. Legacy. Patriarchs, matriarchs go after legacy. And I think why this, like, really resonates with me is because one of the most powerful prophetic words we ever got from a guy that was, like, office, prophet of office of prophet he said, I, I see you looking back. And normally you shouldn't look back, but he said, you got to look back and remember how God has provided for you or you will not go forward. He said, because you are on a covenant journey with God, much like Abraham and Sarah. And Abraham left not knowing where he's going and, and you don't really know where God's taken you. And like that word really marked me and Bert, like a covenant journey with God, like Abraham and Sarah. And then one of the, the very first time that I received like an impartation of prayer and like went down under the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm laying on the ground and God just so clearly spoke, there's a nation in you. And I knew it was not like, oh, the nation of Japan, you're going to love Japan and you're going to pray for Japan. and what? No, it was like something I didn't understand. Like there's a nation in me. Like there's something he's birthing. Just like, you know, he birthed out of Abraham and Sarah. So, so I'm already like, just start listening. And if Something I'm saying through this starts hitting your spirit. Just get ready because you're going to stand in a little bit too. So, And it was really cool because when we went over and met with the Abshires the other day to take the blessing and talk to them about doing that, they started talking about how they have really been talking about legacy with their kids and their grandkids. And at Christmas when they had their family gathered, they've been doing really special spiritual things and challenging their own kids and grandkids to just that whole legacy thing. And then I think this is super cool because the church that bought their house and property fairly recently was named Legacy Bible Church. Uh, and then we're driving. We had dinner with um, some beautiful dear friends the other night. And we're driving by this subdivision, and I just look over, and the big old word says legacy. I'm like, okay, God, legacy, legacy, legacy. And I, like, I feel so excited. Like, I'm like, what is this you're doing, God, about legacy? And so when I think of the legacy of a patriarch or a matriarch, Oh, and he also gave me, it's hilarious, right at the very beginning, he gave me a dream of Barbara Bush with her pearls on. And then I told Bert about it, and he's like, well, you know, there's two books written, and they call her a matriarch. And I'm like, okay, okay, God, something on this. And I just think it has to do with birthing something that will have a huge impact. 
that's going to align things, shift things in the body of Christ. I think it's tied to covenant, and I think it's tied, tied to the process that we're going through with God. If you're really, if you feel stirred, like in some way, I'm patriarch, I'm a matriarch. So I'm just kind of throwing that out there. Um, but I want to just real quick end with looking at like all these things through the life of Abraham, because he had all of them. He had destiny, he had inheritance, and he had legacy. Okay, I need, um, I need five, six, seven, I need eight kids. I need, I want the manly, the quintuplets. I'd ask them to come. Y'all come up here real quickly. We just have three, four, four. Okay. And then, um, Liam, where are you and your sissy? Can you come? Okay. Are they, are they not here? Okay. So, okay. I need a boy and a girl. Y'all hold the baby. Y'all hold the baby. Okay. And then I need y'all to open this up and hold up the map. And then I need five people to come over here because I'm going to give you some letters in a minute. I need five of y'all to hold up letters. Okay. We're going to get to the letters in a minute. Okay. So, Abraham, God promised him, can you hold the baby up? A son. And he was hoping God would bless Ishmael, but God said, nope, 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 nope. It is coming through Sarah, through her dead womb, through you who are about 100 years old. God looked at their situation and said, no way. And God said, nope, it's coming, the baby. And Isaac was their destiny. And then God promised him a generational family inheritance. He said, you're going to father a nation, which became, hold it up, the nation of Israel. Oh, the other way, other way. Nation of Israel and many nations. Because after Sarah died, he got another wife and had about eight more kids. And so all these, and he said, you're going to have the promised land, the land you're living in now. The people are going to come back to. They're going to possess the land. And people of all the people of the earth are going to be blessed. But I feel like the legacy that he left us, okay, is this. Okay, and I need y'all to stand up and hold these letters up, okay? Who didn't get to hold something? Okay, stand up and hold those letters in a word, in the, in the order I gave them to you. Hold them way up, way up so everybody can see. Believe that the legacy that Abraham left for all of us is faith. Said Abraham, believe God, it was credited to him as righteousness. He was commended for his faith in Hebrews 11. Romans 4 tells us he is the father of those who follow in the footsteps of his faith. He is the father of faith. And Hebrews 11 tells us without faith, it is impossible to please God. So we got to get faith. And he said that we, his righteous ones, will live by faith. And everything in the kingdom that we're a part of now is activated by faith. So we've got to get the legacy that Abraham left us. And I just want to close with this. God reminded me of an encounter that the prophet Bob Jones had, believing, showing God had shown him decades, starting in the 50s, something he was going to be releasing every year throughout the decades. And in the 2010s, they were on the tail end of, he said God would be releasing the faith of God, where we would begin to believe like God, without any doubt, without any unbelief, and so, I'm just saying, we can lay hold of that. And um, so, what I want to do in closing is I want to have anybody that that word just hit you, landed on. And you may not have it all figured out what that means. But if you feel like a patriarch or a matriarch, that God wants to start doing something in you along that line, I want you to stand. I want you to stand. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Okay.
Okay, let's quickly lay hands on these people. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Just run, 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 run real quick. Lay hands on them. So we got Kristen, Susie, Betsy. Okay, I got some ladies here, gentlemen here. Who was standing back there? Raise your hand. Tim, do you got somebody back there? Okay, everybody, wave your hand if you stood up and you don't have anybody laying hands on you. You got it? Okay. So, and I'm going to release just a couple things that, that um, Bob said that we're going to actually be stepping into even as the decades progress, because it might be one of these things that God's calling you to. And it's all things that are available, but it's, it's something that you're going to carry in a way that's going to like bring the whole body of Christ into that. Like Abraham brought us all into the opportunity to step into that kind of faith that looked at a dead womb and just looked at this stuff and said, this is impossible. God said, with me, nothing's impossible. So he said, we're going to begin stepping into the rest of God. We are going to enter the rest of God, and God is going to be resting in us as a people. He's always longed for a people who would enter his rest, and he said, strive to enter that rest. And I believe there are people that are going to get that, and they're going to be able to bring other people into that. He also said that we're going to be entering into the family of God in unity, like a deeper revelation of family and unity. You pick on one, he said you pick on the whole body. And then he said, kingdom sons and daughters fully arising with the authority of God. And that was in the 2040s. And so I believe that that could be some of the things that you guys are destined to be a patriarch or a matriarch to lead others into. So God, I just bless what you're doing. I just bless you because you're a God of legacy. We see it in Abraham. We see it in David and the covenants that you came and made. So God, if the people standing need a personal, intimate covenant where you come to them and you show them something and you promise them something, I ask that by your spirit you would begin to do that. And if they already know what it is, I pray that you would just continue to just breathe on that and just give them deeper revelation of what that is and what that means. And we just say we need what they carry. We need the things that they're going to be bringing us as a body into, and we just bless what you're doing in their life, Holy Spirit. We're so thankful for them. Thank you.